Hi, I'm Emma Cousin, an artist in South East London, and I started this podcast to keep us artists in touch under lockdown. I wanted to talk to other artists about the impact on the artistic community and explore what's changed, what's lost, and what's discovered. In this episode, Lindsay Mendick and I talk about her shows that have been postponed, and we chat productivity, mental health, wallpaper, collaboration, and bad taste. Thank you for joining us for Chats with Artists Under Lockdown. Hello, Lindsay Mendick. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, good. How are you? Yes, I I was saying uh, to someone before, I seem to have one day a week where I feel really tired or emotional and today's my slightly tired day but I am really excited to be talking to you and um digging into some stuff I've got so much to ask so um I'm just I'm quite nervous. excited don't be nervous <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Although I it's can't funny. control what I say <laughs> that's fine that's fine I mean none of us can right um that's fine no I think in some ways these things are hard because you feel like you're listening to your own voice and being recorded is so is like self-conscious um so it's been a really good uh, test for me as well. I get really nervous um, before them, <laughs> and yeah, like I study. <laughs> I study as well. Like I, I spend like it's weird. It's like being obsessed with someone um, for a short amount of time, where you immerse yourself in their in their brain, uh, which with you has been particularly psychedelic and fun. Um, <laughs> it's turning me on a little bit. <laughs> You, you really love me <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it is it's, there's, there's so much um to talk about I guess with with what's going on and what how you're yeah. responding and also some of the shows that you've got on that might have been cancelled um uh, and the themes and stuff that are coming out of that so mm. I just wanted to start I guess by saying like genuinely how are you actually feeling and what is your day-to-day looking like yeah um I think I think everyone's just incredibly scared about everything that's happening at the moment. And it, um, it just feels like a really odd time. Um, but it's so odd. I was trying to explain to someone, like, it's really difficult not being able to see your family, I think, because I yeah. hadn't seen my family for quite a while before this happened. So it was kind of like, oh, like, I just want to see them even more now. And my nieces and nephew, but um yeah, it's. I think it's just worrying, isn't it? That's a really... yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's it's worrying, and it's a very strange mix of um of like a, a, a like an abstract fear that is also very real because it's impacting. It's actually like literally killing people. It's like a really aggressive thing, as well as being day to day, being like, well, we're kind of given all this space to think and do and be quiet and stuff that we wouldn't and even the world's quieter um yeah except for around here because we me and guy were driving over to the studio today and we just saw gales in um hackney was just being the queue was around the block i mean it was like you know like all of the yummy mummies and stuff i mean i love a gales do not get me wrong (laughs) i could plug or just gales anything (laughs) anything babe like everything is so delicious (laughs) There's, there's not a single thing I wouldn't have at Gales unless it was <laughs> vegan because that would be a waste. Just in case Gales is listening. I love Gales. You're, you're up for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anything they want to send you. Amazing. Amazing. But it was just a really odd thing of seeing that many people about and just being like, why are they doing this? Like, oh yeah. my God. What yeah. For a Gale? I mean, like, Gales is very good. <laughs> yeah. No, but the queuing thing is, I think that's another, it's the queuing, the gloves, the masks, 
the like I don't know the kind of quiet um crossing of the roads that people you know I don't know yeah. if you found that you're like walking and you're like exercise bit or whatever and that's obviously for the right reasons but it somehow feels really it's like past it's like almost um the bits of Britishness are like amplified of politeness like faux politeness as well which yeah. I find really weird I, um, I once went for a walk during um I think it was like during an England game in like oh, yeah. 2000 it was like <laughs> it might be in 1998 no that would have been a bit too young then maybe the one afterwards <laughs> but um I went for a walk and the streets were dead and this is exactly how it feels like now like something everyone's staying in to watch something if you know what I mean like that sort of really peculiar feeling yeah definitely definitely and the thing we're watching can't be seen yeah and so it's like how do you handle that as well but I'm- um it's a weird loneliness because the other day when I was sitting on the sofa with a guy, like I just kind of felt that I had like a lump in my boob and like mm. I first panicked, but then I was like, Oh my God, like how the hell am I going to get seen by anyone? Like I'm just going to have to wait or there's that sort of thing of yeah. just feeling like there's no safety net. Like that's so true. I think that's, that's the a real kind of highlight that's, that's present in the moment is like how what, what the fallout is in terms yeah. of people the people then having to be like sidelined or put on a back burner or even worse um well I mean it was amazing like I went to the doctors and I I mean I rung up I got seen the next day I mean the guy couldn't stay as far away from me as possible and like you know oh, like well. I was yeah. in this really weird room which wasn't even a doctor's surgery room and there's just me in there so like I think the whole thing yeah. is just like something you've ever, never experienced ever yeah. like it's just it's so un- it's so uncanny. It's... But is is everything all right? Everything. Well, I hope so. I mean, yeah, he had a okay. he had a feel around. It, do you know what I think? It... <laughs> Love I, it. I feel sorry like... to laugh. No. It's one of those things where it's it, you can't help but think of, of of laugh at the scenario of of that. Well, um, all of those sorts of examinations. Yeah, all of these sorts of moments, like those sorts of horror moments are tinged with bits of humor like things that you realize while things are happening and stuff and like you know like I was trying to explain yeah. to him what I thought it could be I was like you know I'm a ceramicist you know and he, I really yeah. I really like telling doctors that like my job is like <laughs> <laughs> because like, I love that was he a hot doctor I'm not going he was very helpful <laughs> so you know I'm I once did walk out of a um of a doctor's thing I didn't even tell him what I was go- there for because he was too attractive I was just like, I'm not going to be able to tell you about this. Like, we are not going to be able to talk about thrush. (laughs) (laughs) That should be on the advert. Yeah, just like... Don't be in this situation. Yeah, just that's not happening. But I mean, it was was really great and, um, yeah, just keeping an eye on it. But I think it's because I've done that stupid Joe Wicks's workout once. Ah, well, and it's it's pulled something. I don't know. I've never exercised. Now I'm just like, (laughs) I bought a sports bra. Yeah, like, good idea. Guy has to like hoist me into it, like, and then we try and do Joe Wicks. <laughs> oh yeah, they're brutal. I know, and then both of us are just about to throw up, and we just reward ourselves with wine afterwards. Well done. Yeah. Oh well, that's that's a good thing. To I did come it out once, then. babe. I've done it once. I mean, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I don't think I'm going back to him. <laughs> also, it is for children, so I did feel a bit weird. As oh well. come on, it's it's for everybody. I, I think Joe Wicks is for everybody, even in a Spider-Man costume. Oh God, I love him. Um, but I was gonna ask specifically, I guess, how how all this is pouring into the studio. Like, do you find it's? Um, I know that you and I have talked about before this idea of like the how we channel this kind of energy. Sometimes the anxious energy, yeah, and it's kind of like making and doing like on an overdrive, like a manic mm. sense. Do you feel like that? And do you feel like what's coming out, like the narratives and stuff are coming, like what are you making? I well, 
very um there's some smaller shows that have sort of been cancelled that we're going to be in the in like the future but actually at the moment I'm working on um a show with the artist Dominic Watson um a duo show at, at a house um in Washington which is um just next to Sunderland and it's um it's in this old ancient house and it's with the National Trust and Arts and Heritage. So they've been absolutely amazing and they've brought forward our payments. They've just been like, right, you're going to have. Wow. So they, they've kind of um, kept us sort of going. And now we I was actually going to have this like next two months just to slow down and make some more work. So, yeah, I didn't realize it'd be this slow. And I really did want a <laughs> break. But I mean, it's I was trying to explain to someone at the other day, like I anxiety can't really be a factor or depression in whether I make or not because this is my job now and like even if I don't want to go it's like you have to get that finished and it's like it's this mentality that my dad sort of drummed into me when I was really ill he was like Mm. you need to get up you need to shower and you need to go to work you need to go to yeah and like so for me it's like I just feel a lot better when I'm doing something rather than sitting and ruminating, even if what I'm doing is yeah. just messing about in a studio, but it's just, i it's the only thing that keeps my mind off it. And like, you know, I'm making myself really nice friends at the moment, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> in the studio, you mean, I love it. Yeah. And just, you're, you're lonely. So you're making friends. Yeah, I'm That's making, amazing. Making friends. But no, it's, I mean, <laughs> it's all getting a lot weirder and I'm having way more time to think about the work that I'm making and, be yeah, more considerate that, yeah. and because I think yeah. both of us are sort of at this stage where you're kind of like taking on loads of projects because you can't stay afloat otherwise unless mm. you're doing that mm. and so it's kind of like you're everywhere and nowhere and you don't really see anyone and you don't really speak to that many of your friends or anything like that so it's kind of like yeah it's it's been really in the midst of this whole sort of really scary situation it's been like a lovely time where I've kind of just scaled everything back yeah I mean I, th- I think that's totally true that it's also allowed a time to like it, for me I feel like I've been given permission not to be social not to have to like see friends not that I don't want to see friends because it's obviously always boosting but sometimes you do just need to sit with stuff and like yeah. you said keep turning up and then keep just working like working through and you might have a day where like productivity is 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 more kind of um, evident, but I think that idea of not having to like make excuses or something, um, as well as seeing the workers. Like I think you said, it, I've just got a few of your quotes that I'm going to mention. Oh but um, <laughs> you, ser- you said they're all really good. Don't worry, they're really nice. Um, you said that ceramics give you permanence in like scary times, and that you said that before this moment. Yeah. Um, and I think I find the same thing that the, I'm like making characters and these crazy kind of women and they're you know often like playing with each other and doing like kind of work it mm. out so I feel like it's my space to f- to work things out with with these characters no I definitely um, I think I can completely see that yeah I think I've always just been really I mean that sort of permanence that I see with ceramics that to me is um that they're so sort of rooted in this I don't know in history and and the fact that they they can last for absolutely ever. Like they, they just seem to immortalize flippant and um, flippant and really. Sorry, guys, just come in the room with yeah. the bike. 
Hello. <laughs> As I'm hey trying guys. to explain. The I love that the deep meaning of. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I was searching Ceramics. with my eyes to just think, like, what am I about to say? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I love it. Love it. No, I think I think what um, happened to me the first time I made in ceramics was it was the first time I'd ever created something that felt so real and something that was so connected mm. with a history and that also the process that it goes through I felt like I was really proper I felt like I was a pro you know like <laughs> I'd always made like really works that I felt could break really easy and I know that ceramics are so fragile but they feel mm. so finished when they come out of a kiln or they feel like you've really immortalized something and so to me that was really important I think it's also something to do with the process being really unstable, like the whole process, whether it's like glazing or how it go it's fired and then like loads of shit can happen. Yeah. Or like at the beginning when you when it can fall apart or collapse or um so it's like somehow by having a, a finished like article at the end, you've got this ceramic that's then solid, you've like overcome the process or you've or you've channeled the process or you've Yeah, it's I don't know, I'm always interested in that instability. No, I think as well. I think it's I'm such a control freak and like I, try, I write lists about everything. Like I'm like one of those sorts of people who, you know, I need to know everything that's going to happen. And yeah, me too. I need to know, <laughs> do you know what you mean? Like, but I mean, with my social life, it means that I just like, yeah, I'll just go and party. Do you know what I mean? Like when I just try and get, escape my head. Um, yeah, that's Yeah, I always, it seems to be something that I just like, you know, going to the pub is like one of my absolute respites or just sitting and having a drink with someone. <laughs> but it's... um that sort of fragility with ceramics is my way of kind of collaborating with something that's going to kind of mess things up or so I can't actually predict everything and it's you can't you can't watch predict sorry, everything sorry, I yeah because the glazes yeah. will never you know like you can try your hardest with glazes to make them come out the way that you want them to but they'll spill they'll leak they'll so there's, it's kind of like in a lot of my work like I don't think that my aesthetic is is the best or you know I, I don't think that I know mm. the exact the best way of doing something and so when I do collaborate with people like my family or or communities and stuff you see the way, the way that mm. they do things and what comes out and you're just like bloody hell I need to free up a bit if you know what I mean <laughs> well I think it's also that layering mm. process isn't it it's like layering of different experiences layering of different hands layering of even the colors like the way because to describe one of your ceramics they do feel like to me, it's like someone's been like it, everything's poured or everything's it's like a sort of puking yeah. in a way where all the the colors sort of um, filter into each other, you know, kind of puke. You can't work out which is carrots and where the peas <laughs> end. Like where the, yeah. I, and I've always felt like especially because it's often about food it's about those boundaries and how you can sort of blur them or even start to fuck yeah, with them a bit. I think a um, lot of it is. Because I'm I'm trying to stray a little bit for no I'm gonna say that but then the next show I'm gonna do is probably just not gonna be that at all so I'm just I'm not even gonna bother with that saying that that lie <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say that lie but um I think that with that sort of a lot of my autobiographical sort of works and stuff that I genuinely feel like quite a disgusting leaky person anyway and. <laughs> that's just being yeah human exactly but that sort of thing, like <laughs> porous and just sort of falling apart and melting and dissolving into the ground like that's kind of how I feel yeah there's often. 
there's that amazing quote by Anne Carson, which is something like, um, you're at your, you know, you're alive or you're, you're at your most alive when you are leaking the most. Yeah. I mean, she was such a big influence on me. Like, um, it's men in the off hours. Yeah. Like that is the most yeah. beautiful bit of text when the, it changed my whole practice, the mythology of that text. And it made me, I read that at a real crux of the Me Too movement and everything just sort of slotted into place with the way I was feeling and like my anger and, you know, like all of these sorts of things talking about women being leaky vessels that need to be contained. And yeah. I was just yeah. reading it. I was like, yes. I was like, oh my God, yeah. someone's actually saying what I feel. And I just, I just wanted to stop making things that were palatable. Like, yeah well also, I think it's interesting because it's palatable obviously food is palatable right and we sometimes like what suits your palate isn't necessarily mm. what you desire and I, I I can't help going back to Evelyn Waugh like with your work as well like the idea of like like riotous like anarchic kind of outrageous um like in kind of things that have combinations that become quite almost um like mad you know you kind of bring I don't know a, a roast dinner to like Litvinenko and put someone's <laughs> head in the platter and it's like um it's like a medieval yeah. reference to like um you know a bloke yeah. a viking like eating like chicken legs um to like I don't know I feel like the discombobulation the two the kind of bringing together this like ramming together but also I guess the re- other reason that I mentioned even more is just because the the parallel to like the, his work closely followed patterns and narrative and themes within his mm. own personal life, which also feels like massively um, kind of at the surface of what you're making um, yeah. a lot of I the think, time. I think yeah. the things that um, what I realized was that in the last, the last three sort of pure solo shows that I've done, I've, I've kind of come back to um, these points within my history that have just been mm. such turning points or, um, I think of them as sort of like like gothic stories, like this sort of dread and fear that happens and the way that in... in yeah, goth- I don't know. I yeah. was going to say, I don't know if you want to talk about the, the like specifically the Yellow Wallpaper show yeah. and like where it well, is. I mean, and- um, the Yellow Wallpaper show, that was, I mean, I think probably the first, the, I see all the last three shows sort of together as these were these sorts mm. of stories that I really needed to just kind of get out of myself, if you know what I mean. Like the first yeah, was yeah. perfectly ripe, and that was about being a teenager and um, being on holiday um, and sort of going to the discotheque with my older sister and my um, friend Fran and like our parents letting us and we we're just having Malibus and Cokes and, Oh, yeah, yeah dancing to Destiny's Child Survivor. <laughs> but then I just sort of ended up getting with one of the um, the entertainers that were at the sort of complex thing. And I just remember yeah. being sort of led off by one of them, just really pissed. And I still flash back mm. to this memory of something that happened with him in the tent. And, like, mm. when, I, when I came to being about 20, I was just like, no, I haven't ever been... Um, haven't ever been assaulted or like when someone was asking me of where my anxiety Mm. and stuff could come from and then as I was nearing close to 30 I just realized that I was 13 and this man was a lot older than me and like this horrible thing happens when you can look back with hindsight and realize that you were a child and with that first body of work that I was making it felt like 
there was such a conglomeration of things that I wanted to talk about, like sex, um, the sort of family holidays, alcohol, like lubriciousness, like, you know, like these sorts of tangled webs of, yeah. And um, Mm. so this sort of like conglomeration of making things that referenced all of them and then became these weird sort of creatures and protagonists in telling the story were really important Mm. to me and it was something that went forward into the X-Files show and then finally with the um, Yellow Wallpaper show at Eastside Projects that was that was probably a show where I felt my most succinct in my thoughts Mm. and knowing when to scale back or I mean it's an over-the-top show but I mean like knowing kind of (laughs) allowing myself to not push myself to the point or breaking point when I'm making an installation because that's what I always do I always get shingles or you know like weird right now I've got diseases (laughs) syndrome in my wrist so that's great (laughs) yeah yeah that's standard though I feel like that's totally part of the I get that literally like once a month it's horrible yeah it's been like six or seven weeks and I'm just like Yeah, it's proper, it's proper yeah. nasty, yeah. Um, and we both have those, like, braces that make us look that kind of like, I, I feel like mine is, looks like I'm a Michael Jackson glove or something. I feel like I look sporty. When I've got my uh, training <laughs> bra nice. on and that on, I really, I really feel like I'm doing it. <laughs> Joe Hicks, eat your heart out. Yeah. <laughs> send him a picture. Send him a picture. <laughs> no that's really I think it is really interesting to work through these things in a way like a, a personal I don't know it's, it's a part it's partly it feels like personal constellations but it was interesting to me that all these most of these constellations also have really strong women as central yeah. and they're sort of strong and imperfect women too like um I think you wrote about them I can't remember what you said about them but um that they're kind of you know uh, like they're not um stereotypically to some extent um, women like they kind of look like sci-fi monsters well, in, in which show sorry sorry particularly the cast yeah of, I mean um, that show, show was so important to me because um, I got out of like a relationship which was the guy was pretty abusive like it was one of those sorts of things where I just didn't I don't think you realize you're in it until you're in it and I was really lonely and I'd met this guy mm. on tinder and he just I don't think I'd ever had anyone who was obsessed by me like on it no no but I'm like, <laughs> like it's never that's never happened for me and like this mm. guy but I think he would have been obsessed by anyone that was just the way that he do you know what I mean and like and then things got weirder and then it got to a point that I sung karaoke one night and these mm. two and it was in canavans and these two really young um they were young they were about 18 you know they're very <laughs> young now um came up to me and like oh that was really good and then he, I was like, oh, this is my boyfriend. And he like, wouldn't say anything. And he's like, they all just wanted to fuck you, didn't they? I was like, what? And then it was just like, mm. he's like, look at you, you're a disgrace. And I was like, I, I don't know what's happening here. Do you know what I mean? Like one of these things, just screaming yeah. at me in the back of an Uber and just screaming at me. Until, and I just didn't know. I Honestly, like I'd never felt more like afraid. I was, it's, yeah, it, Anyway, I was trying to explain to someone this story and they said, I don't really understand how that would happen to you because you're really strong. And like, yeah, yeah and that's mean interesting. It in a horrible way. And I understood what they meant, but I was like, this can happen to anyone. It's not a, it's not a weakness yeah. of character that you end up in this situation. And like, I was like, 
then in the X-Files, I was like trying to, in really short staccato lines, just kind of think about um, how to tell the story of five interlinking relationships and how it ended up mm. that I was in this place. And what's so funny is yeah. that I, I imagine that show as like, I imagine myself as this sort of alien sort of character. And, you know, like that sort of like <laughs> fatal sort of formlessness of like, you know, consuming these men and regurgitating them out and like actually doing, yeah, pray, exactly. pray mantis. And, like actually using the kiln like as the thing of like, in a sort of witchcraft, you know, like um, of building yeah, effigies to yeah. these men and then putting them in the kiln and burning them. And like it was, mm. it had this really cathartic, amazing, like it was, it was a really great experience. It kind of took a lot out of me. But what's so funny is, is that I met my current boyfriend. I was going to say, but yeah, that's I where know. you met Guy. And then when he read all those post-its, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to take on this woman. <laughs> The post-its were amazing, though. I think what was so great about the post-its for me was that you could read, you could every, when I was in there, there was about four, maybe four people in there at various times when I was in there. And pe- and everybody was finding one that they were like, oh, yeah, that's kind of kind of the one they wanted to take home, but also the one that they related to. They were yeah. like, I've been there, or I've felt that, or I've had that experience. And I think a lot of your, um, the narratives, but also some of the objects, um, really have that like desirability, but also relatability to some extent. Oh, where you were you. like, it's lovely. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the sushi. Well, I feel like the sushi really relates to that too, which is jumping to another show. Um, that's the wallpaper show, but um, something about even those and what they what they kind of represent, and I don't know because also the handmade. So you're then getting someone's. Uh, confession yeah. somehow but I think I think Do you know what I mean both you and I like I think that we both also try and channel I don't know forgive me if I'm wrong in this but like with your t-shirts and stuff it's like <laughs> trying to create something that, yeah I mean art we do ask ridiculous prices for I mean you know we put our we put our all <laughs> into them and they have like our you know like blood sweat and tears and you know like they have everything in mm. them but like the no well, not the normal person, but the average person can't afford to pay that for art. So how to make something that's yeah. accessible? And that's what those post-its were. They were, each one was £40. And it was so yeah. that people could kind of take them away and that, you know, like there's a sort of different levels of pricing in art so that it isn't just for a select few, that it can be for everyone. And I mean, £40 still can be really expensive. That can be like literally whether mm. I, you know, you know it, it yeah 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 but it's, it's kind of relative, like yeah I think it's so important that the people that I love and cherish and who are closest mm. to me could afford something if you know what I mean I mean they don't yeah buy it. yeah yeah I think also that <laughs> well I think well but I think some people do and I also think it's that thing of it being um like with with the wall with the t-shirts it was about the wall yeah. that didn't exist anymore I love that wall. sort of being taken thanks taken um like built of people I had this idea that everyone would buy these t-shirts and then they'd all like stand on top of each other like those um are you that flexible and we'd have this like <laughs> tower of no fuck no I mean we've all seen that that, that oh yeah, my god cheer I mean I've not How I've not, not seen, seen it, it but I've heard about it we're in lockdown but, um, I know I I do not watch tv I've I just don't we've understand this chat, but we should have this chat because well, I also think so. It's in, so it's interesting this because 
when I recently came to see you, um, you it ended up we talking about a lot of TV, and which and I was like silent because I had nothing mm. to add to that conversation because I don't know what anyone was talking about. But what I've loved in researching is I understand your obsession Love with it. TV. Like I understand why it's relevant. I understand. I'm going to make sense of this, and you've got to tell me if this is right. But um, I, you kind of the way you talk, some of your um, the show you had, you talk about them. And you almost chart your personal history through Probably, television yeah. and also like not just personal history, but like cultural, social, like aspirational history. So talking about like at one point you mentioned like, oh, it was the time of changing rooms. And that just tells us everything we need to know about that moment. Right. And we all mm. had that bedroom that was like four different colors because we thought we could do that. And also you mentioned like The Apprentice at one point and stuff, stuff like that. So. I don't know. I feel like that TV reference is actually really um, relevant um, in in a in a like um, a more substantial way than just. Oh no no! Like, yeah, but TV, TV is one of the I most important things. things to me ever. Like I I love ITV yeah. dramas, BBC yeah. dramas. Do you know what I mean? Like I think when I was growing up, the way that me and my dad used to ever bond was we'd lie on the sofa together and watch Inspector Morse. And so I I kind yeah, of have like you know tv was just the most important thing to me and like i do see like life through those sorts of reference points like it won't mean anything to you but there's stuff like trevor jordash in brookside being under the patio like i just i <laughs> that's actually that does a bit we were do you, I, do you know what i've also examined why i don't watch i'm like now like what there is TV? something wrong with you like should I watch more tv <laughs> maybe i need to catch up with this whole thing that i'm missing out on but i think do you know what it is when i was little we weren't really allowed to watch much tv and it was like curfewed so we we were allowed like an hour in the evening watching we'd watch neighbors and then whatever followed neighbors immediately it was like hollyoaks or and they're all a bit trashy they you know but then we were never really allowed to watch anything that went beyond that. Or, or we were just allowed to stay up and watch. On a Friday night, we could watch like Casualty and Blind, blind Date. Yeah, I mean, Saturday I love night. a bit of Silla Black. So, <laughs> sorry, Saturday night. Um, so, so, no, so, I know you so I'm me. not that. The night's all blur. But um, I know, sorry. I'm, I'm I know, talking to a, a professional. Um, no, but I you do. get the gist of what I'm saying. Like, it was. It was so, it's so interesting that I still have that idea, that, that kind of relationship with TV where I'm like, this is yeah. a real like luxury and it's something which is like has to be like, um, like regulated and like um, restricted. It's weird. It's very weird. I hadn't ever thought about it until no, <laughs> I, I mean... met you properly. Oh, so no, thank I'm you for making me think now. about it. I think, I think it was like one of those <laughs> no, things that like we just watched so much TV growing up and also as well, like I think, I know everyone thinks all the time, but I, I have um, obsessive thought disorder. So I need to turn off like the need, like, and so I'd kind of yeah. watch anything, but also like, I think when you, I've part of the obsessive thought disorder is sort of, Oh, no, went, know, it I'm went sorry. totally blank then. Sorry. So p- part of the obsessive um, thought disorder was because my was pillow feeling... went off. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that's, it. that's an interlude that's real. I know. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> that was the pill break, everybody. Um, but because of having sort of obsessive thought disorder, like it and kind of feeling like I couldn't connect with people and actually watching tv and talking to other people about tv it was, it was just sort of a way that bonds so mm. many different people and it yeah. was sort of a way into having conversations and you know 
which sounds really ridiculous, but it was oh, yeah, way for of... sure. Well, no, because it's like it's like the football chat or the you know, there's so many things like that which which instantly bond you or can kind of yeah. create a dialogue and or a way, create a conversation a way or of connecting whatever. with other people. But also, yeah. I just love it. I don't know why. I just yeah. I get really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't I'm I trying that. to think of some sort of like intellectual reason or why I like TV but there's nothing about it there totally doesn't like, have to even be guy totally around to me it's like, you know I didn't used to watch this much TV until I started going out with you I was like oh great like that's my legacy <laughs> in our relationship I made you watch more telly you know yeah but it does feel like an interesting legacy in terms of a backdrop like I think we all have that and I, I mean I read like obsessively so I'm always I guess my version of that is like thousands of books oh, which can be highbrow lowbrow everything uh, it's because I've read 10 no, pages no, no, of Wolf Hall this because... whole time <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to read that book. Um, no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm you genuinely are. not trying to show off. It's just that I'm a I'm a geek and I read books and read poetry out loud. Like, you know, Fox is the same. He's like, oh god, she's reading another poem and I don't know what you to think of it. Um, so it's it's oh my god. Sometimes you know what? I'm going to try yeah. and do this. He <laughs> he doesn't like it. <laughs> he thinks he just like he doesn't know what, what I want oh, from him. Do you look when him in I the eye them, and read them, Tim? Because that would scare me. Actually, no, um, not really. Although, although I I also read that you wrote on your bedroom walls um, Philip Larkin's poem. They fucked you up, that. your mum and dad. Um, yeah, on my on red and walls, yeah, but so I was going go. through a very um, emotional stage on my red and purple walls. My changing rooms are... Yeah. Well, maybe I'm just very emotional all the time. <laughs> no, I mean... Maybe I, I just need more it's TV. Really, it's really difficult because <laughs> I feel like I don't really switch off when I read. Like, I don't find reading, like, as something that's, like, really pleasurable or I turn off. So, I, I mean, like, I listen to yeah. audiobooks all the time when I'm in the studio. And that's probably how I get most of my reading done. But I just... I don't know. I feel like I've just got no time to do it. Like, I... And TV can be on in the yeah. background while I'm making. And say if I'm making for like 12 hours, it can kind of really keep you going just by like pressing play on the next one. And if you know what I mean. Yeah. But, but I yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, I can't definitely. Say that. Yeah. I do just love telly. <laughs> yeah, no, I just don't, don't apologize. I'm just really wanting to bring it up because I think it's really interesting. And it also lends yeah. a different lens to your um to your to your yeah, making I think but with the sort so, of like um, the yeah idea of like popular culture and how that bleeds into um the work and stuff it's really yeah. funny because when Guy and I first got together I didn't know how much I fancied him until we were sort of lying in bed together <laughs> and I said um oh euro 1996 and he went it's euro 96 and I was like what and he's like there's no 1996 it's just euro 96 and like we, I just kind of looked at him, and I knew mm. it was right, and I felt like a fool. But like there was this sort of thing. I was like, God, I like this man. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, just like that someone out it. popular culturing me. Like it's like we both just sit there and talk yeah, for ages yeah. about popular culture because it's it brings me such like ephemeral pleasure to like sort of analyze social situations through popular culture or what ways people lean towards and you know with their tastes and dislikes and how and how yeah yeah 
Is is that is that the David Hicks? Like, how did you come across? Was it was it wallpaper, yellow wallpaper to David Hicks, or because I was reading a bit about David yeah. Hicks, I didn't really know much about the designer, and he, the way he says like dedication, design means ruthless criticism oh, wow. and losing friends. <laughs> like that's amazing, um, and also that he like he if he found something hideous, he would redesign it himself, and that's why it led not only to him designing like houses, hotels, restaurants, but carpets, yeah. furniture, garden and shoes nightclubs and the hairstyles I think it like so knows detail in his um, sorts of designs and like not yeah. the and there's not sort of a fear of um clashing or bringing in different patterns and textures and thinking that's too garish he, he has this yeah well I mean good taste. Divine taste and like but I think yeah. um I first yeah. was I had the idea for the yellow wallpaper show and I found out that I'd got the show at Eastside Project sort of in May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they the have show, an amazing, just, like, say um, yeah. it's EOP, Extraordinary People, and I've always kind of wanted to work with them. I love their programme and I love what they do. It's Ruth um, Claxton and Gavin Wade, yeah. and they're just so amazing. And they don't mind about taking risks. They make you think that anything's possible and... I first had an interview with them probably about for the three phase project, um, which was Jerwood and them, but it was the first mm. one incarnation. So it must've been like 2015 or something. And then I've yeah. just applied to everything that they do because I apply to, I don't usually, I mean, I do get asked to do things, but I quite like being in control of what I want the show to be. So usually when I apply with an idea, I know everyone's on board, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they buy want into to it. do this story, and they yeah. want to help you tell the story. And so, when I actually managed to start working with them, um, I got chosen from the open call, and I was like, "Oh God, about bloody time!" Do you know what I mean? Like, I've applied for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you said they, that they were, to they them were just sort of like, "It took a while to get here." <laughs> no, but not like I, not like I deserved it. But I was like, "Did I stop applying? Do they hate me?" Like, but then, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, well done for. I think that's really interesting and useful oh, to hear that. Everything, for, like, for, me for and everyone, for artists, everybody. Like, but I, yeah, literally, yeah. like, put myself yeah. out there so much. Like, none of this has come from you know, like, waiting for someone to come knocking or anything. Like, like it's just been no, like, constantly no, no. pushing myself and applying to everything. Like, I'd say probably zero point one percent of the things I've sort of got, and the rejections are so mm. tough. They are. They hurt but then yeah. now I just pick myself up and go like dust myself off and just go okay next one like I think it gets it gets easier I think it yeah it's one of these tricky things that you have to sort of come to terms with it is part of it but I, I do think, think they're, that brutal, they're quite brutal I used to be like, <laughs> like if... an art sort of organization like when I couldn't I couldn't get any shows when I was um living up in Sheffield and I'd left uni so me and my friend mm. Del Harden Hoyle we just started doing this sort of arts group where we just invite people to kind of show with us and put on these really fun shows, which was just about people getting some visibility because we were applying to everything and getting nothing. Yeah. And um, and so it's kind yeah. of like this sort of thing of we did all open calls and I saw the process of like, actually some people just don't write a particularly good application or have sent you something that they had sent someone else and don't even remember to change the name 
or do you know do you know what I mean like or like oh God, that yeah. there are some people yeah, who yeah, just yeah. have done their research and they're like well, we re- I really like this to be in the show do you know what I mean like so it's actually learning how yeah, to yeah. keep putting yourself out there and also kind of like asking for that feedback which can be really brutal but just you know I mean yeah yeah, it, I, I don't know. It is really difficult and it's horrible. But I feel like there was a good, you know, I'm still applying now for things all the time. Like I, I go yeah. through stages yeah. of it looks like you're doing really well. But actually, when you're working on a project, that's fine. You're paid and you're in pay work. And then you're back to the drawing board again, because I don't think I'm like one of the biggest sellers. I more have ideas for or concepts for works or projects. And then just kind of like apply with that. And then I'm in a project, if that makes sense. But I think it's interesting because you are, because over this, I know this is slightly transcendental, but this idea, the watercolour show idea that you came up with is kind of that that same, like, on, I don't know if entrepreneurial is quite the right word, but like resourceful, like you, you adapt and you're resourceful and you sort of, and so anyway, yeah, so the watercolour show. I mean, a lot of that was rapid, Feels like rapid, that. Rapid, rapid amazing. And oh God, their show at, castor projects I mean it looks like the most beautiful show I'm so sad I can't go and hug it and look at every surface of it and just just so I know like just yeah like Raph's one of those artists who's just a nose-to-tail artist you know like everything's there like he he creates a world and you're in it and like we were sort of talking um on Instagram just saying how are you and stuff and he was like oh I'm gonna crack open the watercolors and then I was talking about the television program watercolor challenge and saying how, how incredible it used to be when you came yeah. home from school and then just watched it and like um so we just we were yeah. both just saying like it can be really difficult to get into making maybe something to take your mind off it maybe something like watercolors isn't something that people did I've seen your one it's so beautiful I need to reply to you um oh, but it's thanks. just it, it's something <laughs> fun to pass the time or just like we like the idea of it being an opening and that everybody can come and like, you know be on Instagram and see the pictures and it's like going to an opening because I miss humans yeah 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 definitely I think well it's interesting because the idea about yeah. um, like a community too becomes so much more apparent like the art community because it can be given so much stick and I think we can get quite cynical and tired of it and like oh it's like we've got to go to private view and it's I don't know this there's, there's a certain like again the turning up yeah. thing and energy and um like competition or whatever like all those negative things but then there's like the the bit I've realized now I just really this is why I started this I just I really 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 care about the community and I really care about being in it and oh, being part too. of it and being with people and like how can you you know what I mean though that that the being an artist is like this collective endeavor and the difficulty is part of that and they, and that makes it the support system yeah and so I think, much more imperative I think with so much of what I've done it's been other artists that have sort of like kept me up or giving me pet talks or helped me out or and it's you know it is such an important community I mean I'm going out with another artist now which I never thought I'd do I had a rule against that you know yeah. I definitely had a rule <laughs> against that but it's a lot easier it's like but it's like one of these sorts oh. of things of just going to a private view and seeing all your friends or even just, well it's kind of like the pub afterwards that's a good bit of private view I love the work I love the work but I mean like <laughs> I just miss all of that I miss yeah but also I think with you is oh I, I miss your dressing up I mean like I have to, I, the one thing I wanted to talk about was your fashion which I feel like is a massive I don't know if you feel like this it's an extension of 
like your color your ideas about color like the way you put color together is just a joy and it's really like vibrant I just feel like oh, so yes nice we're alive but, we're um, like making stuff well my mom was a children's clothes designer so I'm really glad you said that because yes, I think that's I'm really right, fashionable yeah. <laughs> 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 my friend Richard Malone has asked me to fashion story three times first time I got tried to get there and I put on slippy shoes because I'd really tried to dress up and then was late and didn't get there. <laughs> I know. Second time, oh, oh no. And then third time, I was bloody stuck. I think, I can't remember what it was. I think it was stuck in Rome because um, Guy had lost his passport. So, like, it's, a, you know, my fashion show debut I've never had of just sitting there looking at nice clothes. <laughs> um, you have it all the time. But yeah, my it's mom fine. was a children's it's clothes totally designer. Fine. And, um, um, like, my dad, because of the recession, my dad lost his job. And so he like started um, started his business at the our shed in the back of our garden. And my mum used to just make right, all our okay. clothes, you know. Like she, she, so she used to get fabrics from work and make yeah, our clothes. Amazing. And like she let us choose. What, we were. I mean, I'm so spoiled. My, I've literally, I've literally sent my mum some fabrics to make me some dresses <laughs> again because this is amazing. She's on lockdown, so she's making NHS scrubs and. Um, yeah, she's wow. amazing. But she does oh. all the fabric works in my work as well because she's everything she touches is just incredible. You know, like she's, you know, someone who you look at them and you like, you really have a skill set. And like, I trust my mom implicitly with everything that she makes in fabric. But she's, yeah. Well, I think it's also something of a, a skill of a time because I feel like that's one thing I'm realizing now. Like, I, my mother in law just gave me her sewing machine and I'm like, shit, I want to learn this mm, like I want to learn how to do this and like you say I wanna, that like I don't you know you say that have but some my mum just tried to teach me and I just got no interest in sewing whenever yeah, whenever I do yeah, shows with Paloma <laughs> both of us like whenever we start a proud dick show we kind of both go out together and we yeah. buy the fabrics um because fashion is something we nice, both really yeah. agree on or you know like we both send each other pictures of shoes that we want or I'll send her a picture of a coat and be like this is the coat you need <laughs> and um and not want need yeah but yeah. like but I think for me yeah, it's always yeah. been like a thing of wall paint like I've never been particularly comfortable yes, yeah. with my body shape or you know anything like that and so mm. actually trying to make fashion work for you is something that can be quite complicated and well yeah Definitely. And I feel like because I went through a period of of having to like of, of spending so much time on what to, the combination in the morning, mm. you know, having to get up a bit earlier just to choose the right thing to wear because it made such a difference oh, on yeah, how definitely. the day went on how I could inhabit that day and be in that day. And I remember people being like, you're in like, this is really shallow and it's really insane. And you just need to get on with the day. That's it doesn't horrible. matter what you Who's wear. Um, and I'm really... I think a lot of people do think that it's it's quite flippant and that it's a bit self-indulgent and it's not a uh, you know powerful it's not about pa- being powerful like the big the biggest person you can be that's how I see it and it's also about how your character could you feel it could be expressed that day and and also as artists surely it, like color has a huge sense of meaning so the day I wake up I want to want to wear something red like that does have a real effect. Yeah, I mean, on my sister told me and, for I had an oh you know. I had an interview for a V&A artist in residence, and I did not get it. <laughs> I did not get it. Wow. Well, I went that's to the pretty amazing. I was wearing nice. my sister said wear red, um, wear red underwear, and it 
I mean, it it made me feel really, yeah, really good. Always good. But probably a little bit too sexy for the VA. <laughs> Great tip. <laughs> yeah, I did. You I didn't was like, show them the underwear, did you? <laughs> no. Give me I the I probably did tell them to not shut up. But like, it's, I think like that sort of thing, or pattern and colour and it's just something that I have to, I mean, when I feel like shit, I look like shit. So, and I just mm. kind of like have this sort of regular studio wear of, it's literally the same thing every day, like black leggings, black top and a shirt and some trainers. And like, so actually like yeah. that thing of taking it all off and dressing up and going out and I give a shit what I look like. Like I really do. I I mean, I give it, I yeah. like fashion. I don't think fashion is a dirty word. I think that fashion is another art form. And like, I think that people who yeah. turn their nose up to it, I'm just like, I don't really understand that because you know, we're all artists. We're self-conscious about what other people think about us. Do you know what mm. I mean? We're in aesthetics. We, why would, and actually all choices, yeah. like in Devil Wears Prada. Oh, my favourite film of all time. Yeah. Great film. I have but to just when that, she's, yeah. <laughs> I've watched it so many times. I've watched that a few But times. just the way that she sort of does call yeah. her up on like her snobbishness about fashion and fashion is so cliche. It's like, no, everything, even you're like, even yeah. you not taking an interest in fashion or being like, I'm not, I don't do that is a fashion conscious choice or like just wearing the same jeans yeah. and a white t-shirt and like nice trainers like how some men do. It's a gorgeous look. And it is conscious. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so for me, it's like, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I yeah, wear yeah. like, you know, thigh high red boots and PVC and. <laughs> your boots are quite, I want your boot collection. I, have to... I said boots, by the way, not boots, but boots particularly. Yeah. yeah. But they're very important Amazing. to me. Um, but I, w- I, I wondered if there's any, because I do think of you as a colorist. I've said that to you before, like the way you pour color and uh, maybe think about color, but also, um, the way you use it in your work as well. Um, I just wondered about how you find colour in the work. Like, do you know intuitively? Yeah. Do you mix? Because obviously it's glazes and, and it's unpredictable. But obviously you learn each time. And it's, are you trying to find a fuller colour? Do you, do you like fire it into being? No, I know being? Exactly like, you mean. Know, Obviously you do. But the, just no, to clarify about, um, a question about colour. Like, I always think of the shows within colours yeah. and like... There was this um, again at the VA, but the show that I did with um, um, the commission, the Space Commission, which is regrets I've had a few, and I worked with yes, um, yeah. Ilford over sixty fives and taught them ceramics for like for kind of like twelve, um, twelve yeah. fifteen weeks, and we were looking at the advice that we wished that um, we'd been given or that we'd given someone, and these were these incredible people who I worked with. But to try and get some sort of something a bit um, harmonious and not having glaze everywhere, it was like yeah. the idea of these sorts of <laughs> green walls with these blue and white ceramics so that there was some sort of running threads throughout it. And this was something that I'd seen at the V&A and like the idea of blue and white ceramics, there's so many different hierarchies, like, you know, like originally from China, but then now in an attempt to sort of like create instagrammable food and things like weatherspoons now has them you know like yeah, the sort of blue yeah. and white china and they can really reflect high or low culture and it, and you know yeah and tap into nostalgia because there's that idea of like remembering your grandparents yeah. and what they ate with and then 
you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing, like dinner on a plate. Is, yeah, and is, there was the this plate is important too, I was, right? I was researching it at the V&A and it was like saying that it was the first sort of luxury brand, you know, the um, the blue and white China and how it was something that bled yeah. into all um, kind of like all countries started producing their own type. Like there's Islamic, there's Portuguese, you know, like there's everyone, there's, we've got a British sort of version of it as well. So it was kind of like this sort of way and quite often mm. they had storytelling within it. So for me, that show, I imagined it looking in a sort of way. But again, working with the Ilford 65s, they were very, over 65s, they were very upset they couldn't have other colours. So <laughs> I was going to say that. How did you? I was waiting for the punchline because I'm like, how the hell did you tell well, them? Well, they, they actually fed into white. it quite That's a like bit. And then they actually um, just okay. wanted one accent colour and they all they all did it and they were brilliant and we just had made such an incredible like you know I still have friendships with some of them now like and um mm. they just they were just brilliant to work with and I choose to work with people who are gonna question what I want to do I don't want it to be like a dictatorship of you know yeah. the class like they questioned me constantly throughout it and then I was working with Priscilla at Space who is absolutely amazing and just kept on pushing me as well and I feel like that show is like the most sort of harmonious show that I've done with sort of almost 20 people if that makes sense yeah. but I think colour can have yeah, that yeah, ability to do sense, that yeah. it has like a you can play with people's emotions with colour so much and with each show that I sort of go into like with the um the X-Files I imagined it all of this sort of whiteness like sort of a chalk yeah, medical mm, and medical. Like, I was looking at um, 60s sci-fi, like a sort of Barbarella feel, but then also with that, there was um, yeah. the idea of, I'm not sure if you've seen Madonna's Human Nature video. It's, no, I didn't no, know. You knew what you knew. But what it's like, it's a really sexy <laughs> video and it's black and white PVC everywhere and they're in these boxes. And then it was also like, when E.T. goes slightly white and chalky and he's in the contamination tent, that's what I was thinking Oh, yeah, about. no, he, the palette of Yeah, and there's, and there's sort of, anyway. like, yeah, totally and the... That. Yeah, that's So, for me, like, it was kind of looking at my mum and dad's relationship and also my relationships and every morning and the routines that people have as well. And, like, every morning my mum would have rice cakes and every lunchtime my dad had cottage cheese. <laughs> so there were these two, like literally the most devoid of flavor <laughs> and you know like no luxury just yeah so the wall indistinct the as well was, yeah, um, yeah cottage cheese and then the um ceramic sort of desk nice. was made up of um cast rice cakes so sort of so there was this sort of thing of like Oof. this whiteness but then looking at texture as well like this sort of chalkiness and like also, that nice. sort of thing of like, it felt like a very white, clean show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was definitely something about a supermarket as well. You know, that idea that like, like um, yeah. you know, leaking aisle it four. Was, and or it whatever, was supposed to have like that sort of like, all of yeah, those clean. sorts of parts, like the pods in the Matrix. And also, you know, there's sort of the alien bits where they're just in these sorts of limbo lands where it's just devoid of atmosphere. Like, that's what it... Because that's what I felt like. Yeah, I felt like this yeah. alien. And it, of course, it was called the X Files, you know. But then 
the yellow wallpaper is obviously <laughs> yellow. You know, I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really you know going against yeah. the green with yeah. that one. <laughs> but there's something about the color yellow though even like it's not an easy color to be around and it has that sickly yeah. quality and in that book it really penetrates the whole narrative the rep- repetition of that and the different the way that you go mad looking at something um over and over again and once you, you know if you're saturated and yeah color, but and also how it just completely it eradicates um, everything so they actually like because for me yeah um, yeah so with the yellow wallpaper i so when i applied to Eastside projects just to bring it back to that me um <laughs> mm. I applied with the idea of the show because when I was um when I was 18 I just I got really bad anxiety and depression and I'd stopped going kind of stopped going to um Camwell that I was studying and I just sort of would stay in my house um wouldn't do anything my parents couldn't get me to move this was before people talked about medication that much or going on medication it was all very much send us to therapy or you know mm. and um but I couldn't get to therapy because I couldn't move without having panic attacks and I became completely like I didn't sleep at night um but I had this routine oh it's tv again <laughs> but um BBC2 <laughs> is rerunning this life this television it's a seminal 90s tv program right they're all sort of lawyers and it was it was just fabulous actually I would watch that if I were you I really would I really loved it (laughs) um and all right I'll put on a list (laughs) I would just like every night it would be my routine of just like watch this life have a sig in between the two of them and I think it was on at two in the morning and then 2 30 and I was having a sig out my window Mm. which I wasn't allowed to do and um I just saw these in in our estate I saw these um men in black sort of walking around and um just kind of like talking on what looked like walkie talkies and it was really peculiar they were sort of pacing up and down and I think you you can just tell when people are like sort of you know yeah secret servicey shifty and um the next day I woke up and I told my (laughs) mum my mum thought I'd gone completely insane by that point and also like in the yellow wallpaper Mm. I was in the top um bedroom in the house sort of in the attic and like um when yeah. I was so I was just sort of taking over that whole top floor do you know what I mean like no one wanted to come upstairs I was kind of like yeah the bad thing upstairs if you know what I mean and um they all it also reminded me of um is it the Jane Austen I can't remember what the novel is but where is it Jane someone's Earth? in the attic and someone's in the basement yeah and there's like... so, oh, quite um, yeah in quite a lot yeah, of what I mean. Jane sort of tales there's always like a mad wife upstairs or I think yeah the gothic sort of stories yes, tell yeah like the the woman's point of view so amazingly like there's quite often the protagonists are women yeah and they're kind of like um there's so many other like Angela Carter's um short stories and yeah and then there's stuff like I yeah, Catch they're wonderful, Castle, yeah. and they really kind of convey the horror of the home mm. or the horror of families or family relationships and yeah so to me these books are sort of really important because I feel they still echo now even though that they're sort of 18th 19th century and you know they still resonate so much with the way that women who are depressed are sort of treated or like the closeness between the tipping point between reality and horror and actually what's you're experiencing 
Because yeah, that was the that's thing. So yeah. Actually, it turned out that the next yeah. day the news hit and the Russian spy Litvinenko was our next door neighbor. So suddenly from being like the yeah. scary child upstairs, I was like, Lindsay saw it. And, you know, like it was sort of this like <laughs> microcosm <laughs> for like scary things. Like, you know, like the way that this sort of COVID-19 thing is happening, of this shared sort of unity of people experiencing mm. something was like in the same sort of thing. Like everyone, no one was allowed out. Of the, I mean, you were allowed out of the cul-de-sac sort of thing where we lived. But, like, so many reporters were trying to get in. And, yeah. You know, like, it was this really weird unified sort of situation. And um... and also you were vindicated yeah. as much as, like, it was true. So I feel like in the same way the yellow wallpaper, you know, it's like it's it's someone yeah. who is trying to say something's not quite right well, here. Think, and, yeah. And it and isn't, I think there's actually. sort of, like... So I think that's really um, profound. For me, everyone was telling my parents, telling us what who knew best or how best to deal with me. And I thought that was quite interesting in the book. But also, also as well, though, I think that quite a lot mm, when we definitely. talk about depression, it can be quite one note in some sort of, you know, just the personal sort of story of it. So what I found so great about mm. this story where actually Litvinenko is my neighbour is that I was, I love the fact that the story feels like it's one thing of, and Guy made an incredible video where he was interviewing my whole family about what was going on and why why they didn't yeah. quite believe me and like what the show's sort of about. Yeah, and he's he's interviewed actually, so people can look at this on um, the yeah uh, no Eastside Projects website. There's an interview with you and guys featured in it talking about the process as well, which is really interesting. Um, and I'm only I'm only uh, I'm a talker, aren't I? Out of time. <laughs> um, you are a really good. I mean, I knew this was going to happen, but as I warned <laughs> really? you at the beginning, I also need a wee. Um, always an hour is like my max it's been fascinating with these podcasts I know I'm I'm, I'm at about an hour when I'm busting for the loo I have the weirdest small bladder um so on that note um uh, I always try and yes. end with um two questions um so one is any suggestion of something that you that's been helpful to you mm. during this period like anything I think so making, far like getting up and showering I know that sounds really stupid, but I think like yeah, yes, yes. Some days when I'm just like, no, I no, yeah. Could technically, not get up for a couple of days and just watch TV, and but but actually trying to stick to some sort of routine, no matter how small. Well, and also to shower. Like I remember Olivia Bax saying to me when she saw me in the studio, I was like, I'm kind of feeling really spaced. I'm forgetting. I haven't showered like showered, and I don't know yeah, what day I, it is. I and she was like, so you important. have to start I think it's showering. A good way to wake <laughs> up, and just think that. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not doing it for anyone, but you know, even just your partner or anyone who has to walk past you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there's something cleansing yourself, about even, showering you know, as well. Moment. I know that sounds yeah, so no, that's stupid, a, that's but like, a, I think it's you know, it, I you, really like that. You can't really like push yourself to go back to bed if you shower. So you're like, oh god, I've started now. I may as well do a day. No, <laughs> That's wicked. Okay, so number one, yeah, being so mm. everyone, the suggestion is to have a shower, which I think is brilliant. Uh, um, and then have you learned anything about yourself? Anything new? Anything you didn't already know? I learned, oh, I think it's only been like three weeks. 
<laughs> I think I'm a. It is. Like, I think it, I'm it a bit has only been three weeks. It's quite a big, big amount of time. I think um, I've always felt yeah, that like too. I was. That's amazing. Like the fragile one, or you know, and and actually, like from other people being at the same yeah. level of anxiety and actually going through something with other people and actually being able to listen to them and like be trying to be helpful to them or like trying to support them I was really like I kind of realized that I'm not as unstable as I thought <laughs> yay that's amazing no, no, not as unstable. <laughs> strong <laughs> and showering um yeah of course thank you yes, for asking me to I be want a to part end on of that. this no, it's amazing um <laughs> No, it's been absolutely brilliant. And I just want to, um, if people want to see more of your work, they can go to Eastside Project's yes. website and then go to Space Gallery. It's yeah. just my and name, And what's your Lindsay website Mendix. or Instagram? I am, I, there's not a lot of Lindsay Mendix, actually. Lindsay Mendix. I don't think, well, it's... Which yeah, is helpful. And it's also an L-I. I mean, it, it's the surname Mendix that really uh, there isn't go. a popular one. It's a strong name. It's a strong name. You own it well. No, thank you for having um, me. On that note, I just want to say thank you and stay <laughs> safe and showering and strong and oh, well. I can't wait to see and what I can't you see, make too. Thank you for watercolour. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Uh, oh, and if anyone wants to see that, that's on um, Instagram yeah, watercolour well. challenge. On the 17th of April, there's going to be watercolor challenge and you'll see all sorts of artists oh it's gonna um, be really exciting um work available <laughs> watercolors made specifically for this project take care and Amazing. shower all right my love uh, lots of love all right bye my yes, love yes thank you <laughs>